Well, good morning. It is great to spend uh, Easter Sunday together. What an absolute delight. My name is Chris Norman. I'm uh, one of the leaders here at Grace Gathering. And uh, today is, of course, Easter Sunday. Most of you probably would not know this, but I was actually born on Easter Sunday. Do we have anyone else in the audience who was born on Easter Sunday? Just raise your hand to see if I share that experience I share that experience with no one. Thank you very much. (laughs) My privilege and honor, I guess. Uh, So I was born on Easter Sunday, April 6, 1969. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had a special birthday. And if if we have any math majors in the house, you can quickly calculate uh, why this birthday two weeks ago was, was special. So yes, I turned uh, 50 years old. How many of you are 50 and above? Just raise your hand. Raise it proudly. Raise it absolutely proudly. Amazing, amazing wisdom in the room. We talk often, we talk often about, you know, how we need to reach the younger generation. I just want to tell you that's a bunch of crap. It's all about those who just raise their hands. It's all about us. Let's be honest. So we're on spring break uh, during uh, my birthday, and I'm at my mother-in-law's. We're at my mother-in-law's place in Florida, and we went out to dinner to celebrate my birthday. It's right next to Cape Canaveral. Here's a picture of my wife and I that evening, uh, right there on the water, on the day of uh, of my birthday. Uh, Here's a picture of me having my favorite dinner. And as you can see, those are very large crab legs. Anyone love crab legs? I absolutely love. It's my favorite dinner. I love crab legs. I don't get it very often, uh, but they were just absolutely incredible. We had a great day, a great evening. Some people talk about how when you have a birthday that launches you into a new decade, how it's depressing and sad and all those types of things. It wasn't depressing to me uh, a bit. Uh, I'm so excited about what God has planned uh, for me and for us this next decade. And I will share a little bit more about that um, and why later. Uh, One of the things that, that hit me as I began to prepare for this particular Easter message, and this is going to sound really strange, but it's true. As I began to prepare for this Easter message, it hit me that this has been 25 years in a row that I've delivered the Easter message at Grace Gathering. Uh, 25 years in a row, and it's just absolutely an honor and a privilege. And And it's an honor and a privilege for me to deliver the Easter message today as it was back then 25 years ago. When we came, my wife and I came to the church on staff, I was 25. My wife was 20. And so as she says, I was a pastor's wife and I was barely older than the youth group, uh, which was true. But one of the things that we often do when we have a birthday that launches us into a new decade is it causes us to have some some deeper reflections about our our lives. 
And I mean, let's be clear. Uh, the two questions that every single person on the face of the earth throughout human history has always asked and has always wanted to know is number one, this, who am I? Which is a question of identity. And why am I here? Which is a question of purpose. And everyone in the room here this morning wants to know the answers to those two fundamental questions. And everyone you know wants to know the answers to those two questions. Who am I? And why am I here? And so the day before my birthday, as we were in Florida, everyone was kind of doing their own thing. And I had about two-thirds of a day on my own. And so uh, I, I spent some time. I went on this long run, and I went on this long walk on the beach. And I was praying, and I was just listening to the Holy Spirit as he was speaking to me. And God spoke to me some things, especially on the past 10 years, that for me began to bring some real clarity. And it was this. My 40s was a decade of difficulty, pruning, surrender, submission, and in many areas, even death for the purpose of allowing me to experience resurrection power in my life like I have never experienced before. Today is, is Easter Sunday. It's the most significant day in human history. It's about the narrative that the Son of God came to earth, died on the cross, and then rose from the dead. There's no greater story. But what I want to drive home this morning in this message is that the Easter narrative of death and resurrection not only happened historically 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus, the Bible tells us that that is the narrative that God is writing in every single one of his children's lives including my life and including your life. It's the story that God's writing on your life right now. The story of and the narrative of death to resurrection. Everyone desires resurrection power. Everyone desires victory. There's not a person in the room here today that would say, no, I don't want resurrection power. No, I don't want victory. Who here wants resurrection power in your personal life? Who here wants it in your spiritual life? Who here wants it in your health? Who here wants it in your finances? Who here wants it in your marriage? Who here wants it in relationships around you? Who here not only wants resurrection power, who here is in desperate need of resurrection power? It's not that you just want it, you are in desperate need of it. You don't know if you can go another day, another week, another month. Victory, when is it going to come? When is this going to turn around? You see, the power of the Easter story, the death and resurrection of Jesus, is the same story that he is and wants to write in your life and in mine. And if we want to follow the footsteps of Jesus to his resurrection power, it means we also must follow in the footsteps of Jesus to get there, which requires us to go through the channel of submission and surrender and then death 
And then on the other side is resurrection power. Let's look at Luke 22, verses 39 and following. It says this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. What he's saying here is I don't want to go through this in my human frailty but I want to submit and surrender to your plan. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew the death he was about to endure. It was excruciating, as difficult as it was, and as painful as it would be, and as much as Jesus in his humanity did not want to experience that level of pain, he knew going to the cross is about submission and surrender. And that's what he did. He surrendered himself and he submitted himself to the Father's plan. This is often one of the hardest things that we can ever do in life. And so as I was spending some time a couple of weeks ago in Florida, looking back at the big picture of my life, this realization hit me as the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and giving me insight and understanding in my life. That my 40s was a decade, more so than any other decade, a decade of surrender and submission and in many areas, death. In ways I never would have anticipated walking into that decade. And it required levels of surrender and submission I never thought I could embrace. As I was entering in this new decade 10 years ago, everything in my life was going well. But then five significant areas in my life, five significant areas took a difficult turn. I entered the most difficult five years in my relationship with my mom where turmoil and pain was just about a daily occurrence and where my mom leveled false accusations against me that were so outlandish and hurtful. It was almost more than I could bear. And it culminated in the worst day of my life when my mom took her own life after decades of failed attempts. It was during this same first half of this 10-year period that I realized that my ambitions for growing the church and for success were greater than true partnership with my wife, both in life and in ministry. And I had to do a lot of repenting and changing. And we went through a couple of years of counseling. And I had to change. And it was very, very difficult. 
It was during this time that I realized my gauge of success in ministry was actually flawed and needed comprehensive change. It wasn't about size and just getting bigger, but it was about God, God creating a discipling culture in the church that empowered everyday people. And as I and we began to make that important shift, we lost about 20% of our attenders during that time frame. And I felt like giving up about every other week. Most people had no idea. The people closest to me knew. And many had to come alongside of me and talk me off of the cliff. And if those three areas, major areas of life and difficulty and pain were not enough, all in the same season of life, let me give you two others, two other areas of significant pain that were at the same time period as well. It was during this decade that my second oldest daughter began believing outright lies about me that sent us into this five-year downward spiral in our relationship where it got so bad that for two whole years, she could not even bring herself to look me in the eye and say, hi, Dad. Two whole years. Amazingly, agonizingly painful. Tears between my wife and I almost every night. And the last thing I'll mention was in the physical arena. It was during this time period also that I spent 18 months with this unusual head pain that lasted 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And when I say 18 months, 24-7, I'm saying not even 10 minutes of relief. I had people praying for me every day, going months and months seeing no breakthrough, getting on medication, that actually had worse side effects than the head pain. Got no answers, no relief. Still a mystery today I'll never understand. A 10-year span coming to an end. As I was walking the beach and God was revealing these things to me, I've brought you through 10 years where it was increasingly and incredibly difficult. learning the difficult but necessary road of submission and surrender in the midst of the hardest circumstances in my life. And it was during this time that I followed the example of Jesus and especially as a vital part of the Easter story of what submission and surrender is. It's the shedding away of everything that holds us back from the freedom and the victory that he wants to bring us. We read in Matthew 27, 27 and following, it says this. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on, on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe, put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. You see, Easter is about the story of resurrection 
resurrection power, the resurrection of Jesus. And this resurrection power and the resurrection of Jesus, God makes available for every single person. But resurrection power does not come unless you first go through the channel of death, which death does not come unless you first go through the channel of surrender and submission. Jesus died willingly, humbly, knowing, however, that there was purpose in the pain. There was purpose before going to the cross. That on the other side of the cross, on the other side of submission and surrender is resurrection day, is victory. On the other side, it's freedom. And as hard and as painful as the cross was, Jesus knew resurrection was coming. Forgiveness of sin for the world was on the other side. Eternal victory was on the other side. Going back to the Father and the glories of heaven was on the other side. You see, it makes the pain and the difficulty worth it. We have to understand, we have to have a lens to understand our lives. And that lens through scripture helps us begin to understand what's going on in life. Why are we going through this? What's the purpose? How do I get to the other side? How do I experience resurrection power? And this is often what I thought about during these last 10 years, honestly. I knew resurrection power was coming one day. I just didn't know when. But Jesus, as he's going to the cross, knew it was on the other side. Hebrews 12, one through three says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him. For the joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he did what? What did he do? Why did he endure the cross? For the joy set before him. We endure the pain and the pruning and the difficulty and the agonizing brokenness. We embrace our weakness. We submit and surrender. We come to the end of ourselves for the joy set before us. Let's make no mistake. It's for the joy set before us because resurrection power is coming. Let me tell you the dangerous prayer I made during all of these areas of deep struggle and pain. And I don't know if you like dares. Who likes dares? Anyone like dares? Okay, no one likes dares. Anyway, I'm going to give you a dare anyway. Here was my dangerous prayer through these 10 years of difficulty and trial. I don't know if you're ready to pray this prayer, but this was the prayer. God, do not change my difficult circumstances or give me breakthrough in this area 
of my life until you have changed me and I have learned what I need to learn through this difficulty so that I can more fully surrender and serve you for the rest of my life in resurrection power. Now, that is a very difficult, sobering, humbling prayer. And I will be honest with you, as God is my witness, that was the prayer I prayed in all five of these areas. It's a scary prayer. I prayed that prayer when it came to my marriage and the, way, the ways God was calling me to repent and lay down my life for my wife. I prayed that prayer when it came to my relationship with my mom and the ways God was calling me to repent and learn how to allow my character to outlast any lie or accusation against me. I prayed that prayer when it came to my relationship with my daughter and the ways God was calling me to repent and release my children, recognizing I have no control over them, but I must hold them with an open hand. They're God's. I prayed that prayer when it came to my health, and I'll never forget the day I said to God, even if I never get healed in this life, and I have this 24-7 head pain for the rest of my life, I know one day in glory I will be healed. And so I trust you between now and then. And lastly, I prayed that prayer when it came to my leadership in the church and the, way God, the ways God was calling me to repent of my ambition and drive for success and accomplishment and instead to be focused on discipleship and empowerment, even if it meant it didn't look as successful outwardly. Dangerous prayers. Lord, don't change my difficulty or circumstances until you first changed me. Because I want to move into resurrection power. I want to shed, I want you to prune that which is holding me back from victory and from following you wholeheartedly. And I can tell you today and stand before you that in every one of those five areas, I'm today on the other side of the cross in all five of those areas and I'm moving. And as I was walking the beach and just listening to God, I'm moving into a season unlike I ever have before with resurrection power. And I'm planning to move in that area of resurrection power with a full sense of absolute humility and absolute dependence on God. There is no other way. As painful as it was, God changed me internally. Pruning is for growth. Death is the means as we trust Jesus into resurrection. Today I have more belief and trust that God's moving in power and I have more faith and belief in what God has planned that at any time in my life, any time in my life, You see, when Jesus surrendered all and submitted himself to the difficulty and the pain of death on the cross, it was because resurrection was on the other side. And it was the greatest and most powerful day in human history. 
We read about it in Matthew 28. It says this, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. He was walking, not in a sense of brokenness and frailty. He was walking with resurrection power. The angel said to the woman, don't be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen just as he said. Come and see the place where they lay, where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead and is going on ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Now I've told you. And he's coming in resurrection power. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. We read in 1 Corinthians 15 that he appeared to more than 500 of his disciples in resurrection power. You see, Jesus was born into this world in humility, in weakness, in frailty. He will come back a second time with authority, with power, with resurrection power, with victory. You see, the Eastern narrative of death and resurrection is my narrative, it's your narrative. It's just a matter of where you are you in the storyline in your whole life or in different compartments of your life. You can look at it two ways. Your whole life, the storyline, or in specific areas of your life. Where are you at in that narrative? Death to resurrection, submission, surrender, resurrection power, victory. And as I move into this next season of life, I could not be more full of hope and anticipation. I know there will be battle and difficulty and pain and trials. The Bible tells us this is what happens in this life. But there's a level of resurrection power that I'm moving into that I've never experienced before. And I plan to step fully into that as God allows me to. And it's impacting my own personal life. It will impact my marriage. It will impact my family. It will impact our church. It will impact our city. The carryover will be everywhere. But this isn't just my narrative. It's your narrative too. Where are you at in the storyline? Resurrection power is God's desire and design for you. In every arena. It's his promise. And God never goes back on his promises. But resurrection power does not occur apart from surrender and submission and death. Maybe today is the day you recognize in your life 
as you look, if you, as you step back and just look at your life, that you've never fully surrendered to Jesus. You've been kind of on the edges. You know about God. You know about Jesus. You come to church here and there. But you know that you've never fully surrendered your heart to Jesus in faith. Today's the day of your salvation, the Bible says. Here's the gospel in 90 seconds. We all have brokenness, sickness, suffering, sadness. Everybody has it. You have it. Everyone you know has it. We live in a broken world. Job 14.1 says life is short and full of a lot of trouble. That's true for all of us. But it's not the way God intended it from the beginning. It's not the way it was in the beginning. He intended it to be one of beauty. No punishments, no problems, no pain. Genesis 1.31 says everything I've made is good. There were no issues. Everything was right. But we know we've turned away. Every single person's turned away. It's called sin. We've turned away from God. And that's why we're all experiencing the brokenness. But the promise is for every single person. Spiritual birth is available to every single person. If we're willing to turn our lives over to Jesus in faith, he promises forgiveness and freedom and a future. And as we step into that spiritual birth, everything will be renewed and restored the way God intended. It's just a matter of time. This is the gospel. And this is the gospel for every single person here today. Maybe today's the day you say, okay, I've tried living my life my way enough times. It's not working out. I am finally going to surrender and submit myself to Jesus. Today's the day of your salvation. People all over the city of Fort Wayne today are coming to faith in Jesus. I wonder how many are going to come to faith in Jesus here in this service this morning. In the earlier service, we had people that did as well. And it's exciting. It's the best day of your life. Or maybe today isn't the day you've already crossed over and made that life decision to begin following Jesus. But there are areas in your life that you need and desire resurrection power. Maybe it's in your finances or maybe it's in your marriage or, or maybe it's in your personal life or maybe it's with your health or maybe it's with other relationships. There's areas in your life where you're not experiencing resurrection power. Today is Easter Sunday. The narrative of Easter Sunday is death to resurrection. It's your narrative. Where are you at? Let's just bow. If we would just bow together. How is God speaking to you today? How is he getting your attention? What is he saying to you? How is he applying the message to you? Is it looking at your whole life and it's today's the day you finally surrender and say, I'm following you, Jesus. Today's the day of your salvation. You can make that decision this morning. Or maybe it's specific areas in your life and you know as hard as it is and as difficult as it is, it's a road of submission and surrender for the joy set before you. For resurrection power. And the reason why you're willing to submit and surrender is because you know what's on the other side. You don't know the timing. You just know it's coming. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. And it's time to open up your hands. 
I just want to encourage you. Let's just pause for a few moments and let me just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you directly. You listen to him. He's speaking to you. The Bible says that today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Respond. Open up your heart. Open up your life. If today's the day that you want to place your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to go over here in a few moments to the prayer team and make that declaration. Let them pray for you. Or maybe find myself or one of us and let us know. It's a day of celebration. We want to celebrate with you. Or if today's the day that you realize there's an area in your life or maybe multiple pockets of your life that you want to see resurrection power and you need prayer or help, I'm going to ask Paul to come up and share how we can go forward with that.